Hello everybody and welcome back to Red Room. This is your host Jenny. This week, guys, really exciting first guest of 2022, which I'm really excited for. And as I said, I've said it on my vlogs, but just in case you don't watch, um, getting like some really kind of cool fucking guests on the podcast is my number one goal for the show this year. That and doing public episodes, which we're still doing. So anyway, back to guests. I have secured um, already, I think, about four really fucking cool guests for the year. Um, I'm trying to do at least one a month. Um, I obviously do the doc with Adam and will continue to do so. So I think it's a nice kind of spacing to do like guest solo, the docket solo. This guest, really excited for it though. It is something that I was just crossing on my fingers and toes. Um, I wanted an insight into Scientology from a human perspective. I think as, you know... As a culture, we're very used to hearing about Scientology from people like Leah Remini and ex-celebrity members or seeing it even just, you know, we see people navigate through it as celebrities a lot of the time. And um, even just being from Ireland, I think seeing, and I, I don't mean to sound ignorant in this, but because America obviously is a country that has freedom of religion, it has <laughs> attracted some, uh, shall we say, unusual religions that sometimes turn into cults. You'll see that in Wild Wild Country, you see that in some sects of Christianity, all the way up to Mormonism, where obviously not all people are involved in a cult, but there are some like strange overlaps and extremist kind of beliefs. And, you know, a lot of the time we can kind of brush off some religious stuff like that in America as like, oh, well, that's just America. That's mad. You know, I was always acutely aware of Scientology's presence in Ireland. I mentioned it on our first episode here that I actually did the personality test when I was about 15 or 16. Um, And there's always been, you know, murmurings around town of Scientology opening a new big multi-million euro center and I found a website researching that first episode called ex-scientologist Ireland and the website was great and had so many resources and it had a really great breakdown of L. Ron Hubbard's beliefs it had great resources of different books you can read and obviously it's called ex-scientologist Ireland and I was immediately obsessed with getting whoever ran this website onto my podcast and that is when I found Pete. Hello. Oh, I can hear you. That is just music to my ears, Pete. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can. That only took six So when you read about Pete Griffiths online, you get a mixed bag of articles from the last five years, all referring to multiple legal battles that he's been involved with, the Church of Scientology. There's headlines from Scientologist mounted vicious character attack on ex-member to Mayo man sues Scientologist over allegedly leaking explicit photo to a school principal. And at first, obviously, it's kind of hard to get your head around. You're kind of going, who's suing who? Who's in the wrong here? Like, I don't really understand what's going on. And then you remind yourself that it's not just any church you're dealing with. It's a media savvy, well-financed and notoriously vicious organization who within their religious belief, whether they deny it or not, have a policy out there to destroy the character of anyone who dares question their beliefs. And dear God, has Pete Griffiths questioned their beliefs? I first called Pete about a week before we recorded this episode that you're about to hear and like I immediately just found him 
to be charming, yes, and eccentric, but that's what we like on this podcast. Uh, extremely well versed in Scientology, and from the get go, he was just an open book. He mentioned the years of legal battles with the church on our very first call, and we had a good back and forth about that. He's originally from the UK, but he moved to Ireland in the 1990s with his wife and his family. He was involved with Scientology for the guts of a decade, but according to him, the long-lasting effects that the church had on him ran almost twice that. And that's not even when you include all of the legal troubles. He's more so referring to the psychological damage. In this episode, honestly, we cover it all from how he got involved in the church, its function in Ireland, their controversial Narconon drug rehab programs, and of course, how he went from a Scientologist going clear to being fair-gamed and his reputation almost completely destroyed in a country where he lived and worked. You can follow Pete, obviously, on his website. Go check it out, ex-Scientologist's Ireland.org. It's linked below. Or you can follow him on Twitter at PedroFCUK. A big thanks to Pete for coming on the podcast and giving me his time and telling his story. And I hope you all enjoyed this insight into what it's like to leave Scientology from a first-hand perspective in Ireland. So joining me on the podcast today, I have a guest that I'm really, really excited to talk to. We actually had a pre-interview phone call last week that went on about half an hour and I knew from then we'd have a great chat. So Pete Griffiths, how are you? Thanks and welcome to the podcast. Jenny, thank you for inviting me on and I am also quite excited and very pleased to be here. Amazing. So joining me from a hopefully sunny County Mayo. Uh, don't think so, not really. We've got the sun today. <laughs> I wanted to invite you on the podcast, as I'm sure the title of this show will let everyone know. You were a member of the Church of Scientology for a long time, I'm presuming? Um, actual sort of serving time, if you like, was only about seven years. The Good. weird thing is, like, like they say that Scientology is all about um, brainwashing and that, well, they do sort of capture your mind. And I was, I would have to say I was mentally captured for a further 14 years. So the total time that my brain was, was involved in Scientology and believing their bullshit was 21 years. Wow. But the actual physical time was only seven. And during the sort of 14 years, I never questioned anything about Scientology. I never questioned any of the so-called beliefs. I just accepted it all as, you know, the truth, according to them. And it was only in um, 2008 that I began to question, hang on a minute, there's something, there's more to this than meets the eye. And that's when I began to read books that were forbidden. I, I recall specifically one book was Russell Miller's Birthface Messiah. Mm -hmm. um, and I was told in 1987, when I just sort of got involved with Scientology, not to read that book. They actually tell people what they can and can't read. And it must be even worse now with the internet. Oh, no, don't go on the internet. It's terrible. They say these terrible things. The thing is, the things they say are actually all true. So <laughs> let's, let's go from there. Yeah, so